John chapter 20 in the Word of God tonight. Let's stand for the reverence of the reading of God's Word and prayer for the message as we continue in our series in the steps of the Savior. Verse number 1 of chapter 20 in the book of John. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher and they ran both together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he stooped down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and he seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple which came first to the sepulcher and he saw and believed for as, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood out at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, uh, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth the two angels in white sitting, and one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She said unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Why, whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him thence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned, she turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master, Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and to your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples what she had said, that she had seen the Lord, and that she had spoken these things, and He had spoken these things unto her. As we speak on the resurrection of Christ tonight, let us pray. Father... Lord, in Jesus' name, we do humbly come to you again in prayer one more time on this side of heaven. Lord, I thank you for your wonderful testimonies we've heard tonight, the good songs of Zion. Lord, I pray that you would uh, take the hearts of the people. and Lord, open it up to be receptive to the Word of God tonight. Lord, I pray that we would gain a better understanding of the resurrection of Christ. Lord, as we continue with our study in the footsteps of our Savior. Lord, I pray that you would be with us, minister to us in a special way tonight. In Jesus' name we do humbly pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. We come tonight to the greatest event in the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His resurrection from the dead. The earthly life of Jesus was surrounded by many miracles. His conception in the virgin womb of Mary was a miracle. And now at the close of his earthly life, we see a miracle just as great as his birth, if not greater. 
And that is, He arose. He arose from the dead to live forevermore for you and for me. In fact, all the other miracles are validated by His resurrection. If Christ had not risen, folks, His preaching would have been totally in vain. If Christ had not risen, His miracles that He performed would have been totally in vain. If He hadn't risen, His miracle birth would have even been in vain. So you see, His resurrection validates all of these things that we see in the Word of God. It was of utmost importance that He conquered death, that He conquered hell, and that He conquered the grave. The resurrection of Christ was not an afterthought with God. Just like His death, it was planned by God before the foundation of the world. God knew exactly the plan for His Son. Even the Old Testament contains types and, and foreshadowings of His resurrection. I've been studying for the past couple of months during the whole Old Testament. Reading through and studying and preparing lessons from the Old Testament. And it's amazing how many times you can see Christ in the Old Testament. You can see those types or those foreshadowings. Of Christ. I think about when Abraham offered up Isaac for a sacrifice. That was the father offering up the son. That was God the Father, a type of the God the Father giving Jesus Christ as a supreme sacrifice to where you and I can be saved and have salvation. I think about when, as Joseph, as I read about Joseph, he was a type of Christ, hated by his own brethren and thrown into a pit. Yet God was with Joseph and brought him out of the pit. Jesus went down to the pit of death, but God was faithful and raised him up and loosed him out of that pit of death and brought him up to make intercession for you and I. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Amen. And uh, you just see that uh, uh, type of Christ in uh, Joseph. And you see the type in Abraham. And then over in Leviticus chapter number 14, I see the two birds that were used in the sacrifices uh, for the cleansing of the leper. It also typified Christ. Those two birds. Those two birds represented the, the two natures of Christ. His humanity and His deity. See, you got to understand that He was a 100% God, but He was a 100% man. He was born of a woman, but she was became conceived or became pregnant with the Lord Jesus by the way of the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. 100% God, but yet 100% man. Well, what do you mean? What makes Him man? Well, He got tired, the Bible says. Oh, what makes Him God? Well, He performed miracles. That makes him God. Well, well, what makes him man? Well, he his heart broke and he cried. Well, what makes him God? He resurrected from the dead. Uh, what makes him man? He did get hungry. But uh, what makes him God is when he looked the devil square eyeball to eyeball and said, Not by bread alone shall we live. Amen. But every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You see, that was the God coming out in him. And people have a hard time uh, uh, understanding His humanity, uh, the human side and the uh, God side. But these two birds uh, in Leviticus 14 represent the two natures of Christ, His humanity, His human side, and His deity, the God side. You see, one bird was killed and the other bird, uh, along with some hyssop, was dipped in His blood. 
And the leper was sprinkled with blood seven times, and the living bird was released. You see, the dead bird is a type of the death of Christ, uh, which the living bird is a type of the resurrection of Christ. I love the Christmas season. I love the New Year's season. I love Thanksgiving as well. Thanksgiving is probably one of my favorite holidays, probably because I get to eat a lot. Amen? But I can tell you what, there's something special about the resurrection. Christmas wouldn't mean anything without the resurrection. Thanksgiving wouldn't mean anything without the resurrection. Amen? I'm here to tell you, it's about the resurrected Lord of these that serve Buddha, of these that serve other gods, cannot proclaim that their God was raised from the dead. But yet our Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ arose on the third day, thus saith the Word of God. And my friend, He's alive and well today. Well, preacher, I don't see Him. Where is He at? I'm here to tell you, you look in the lives of some people that are here in this sanctuary tonight, and you'll see the Lord Jesus Christ. And He's worked in the lives of people. That He's performed miracles in their lives and in their heart. And folks, it's a miracle anytime anyone receives Christ as their Savior. Amen. It's predicted in the Scriptures. Uh, The truth foretold it throughout the Word of God. 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah had a vision of the Redeemer. He saw His sorrow. He saw His suffering. He saw His sinless life, His substitutionary death. But thank God He also saw His supernatural resurrection. Through the telescope of divine revelation, Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 and 10, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The psalmist David said in Psalm 16 and 10, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One to seek corruption. Surely I believe, if you'll look deeper into that scripture, you'll see a picture of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the apostle Paul said in his letter to the church at Corinth, he said, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. Now that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he arose again the third day according unto the scriptures. Even in the Old Testament, old Job, that man that the Bible says was perfect. He's not meaning that he was a perfect like God perfect. It's just being interpreted as he was a good man. He was an honorable man was Job. But even Job gave these words and I believe he mean it meant it and I believe he saw it when he said I know my redeemer liveth he was speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ my friend I'm telling you today my God is alive and he's well and he's still sitting at the right hand of the father and he's still making intercession for you and I amen what does that mean intercession preacher that means when we go to God in prayer and 
and we have a special need in our heart and we begin to plead with God and when we pray in Jesus' name, we get the attention of God and the Lord Jesus Christ goes to the Father and says, Hey, Father, I died for that one down yonder that's praying to you. We need to answer these prayers as soon as we can if it be Thy will. I believe that's exactly what happens and I believe that's what we can do by praying in Jesus' name. For He is the one that can answer our prayers. Folks, listen. I don't believe too much in luck. A lady luck. They said, I've had bad luck. You haven't had bad luck. You've experienced the will of God. Amen. I'm telling you what, I believe the truths in the Bible continue to foretell of the Lord Jesus Christ and His resurrection. Jesus Himself proclaimed His resurrection. By His own marvelous words in John chapter 2 and verse 19, Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. He wasn't talking about the Old Testament temple of worship. He was talking about the temple of the Holy Ghost. He was talking about a temple that His his flesh that was there. He says, you destroy it if you want to in three days. I'll raise it up. Amen. He was speaking about His own resurrection. And over in Matthew chapter 12, Verse 40 and verse 41, Jesus does it again. He says, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The Lord Jesus said, Just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish, the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, so will the Lord Jesus Christ be in the center of the earth. You know what He was doing in the center of the earth? He was conquering death. He was conquering hell. And He was conquering the grave. Amen. And then (laughs) He said, I'll be resurrected once again. And my folks, listen, it's important to understand and to know tonight that He did conquer death, hell, and the grave. If He didn't, He wouldn't be God. But He did. Amen. On the road to Calvary, Jesus told His disciples in John 16, 22, And you now, therefore, have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man Taketh from you. Amen. <laughs> On the road to Calvary, he said those words. He said, You got sorrow now. But boy, it's just going to be a little while. You're going to see me again. Yeah. And you're going to rejoice. And no man will be able to take your joy. Right. You know what, folks? A lot of Christians in the day in which we live are living below their privilege of joy. What I'm trying to say to you tonight is this. Even through all the turmoil, the distress, the circumstances of life that we go through, there is no way that we should allow anything 
to remove the joy of Jesus Christ from our heart and from our lives. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you, we'll go through some uh, serious things. And I've seen some of you go through some uh, bad times and and the loss of a loved one or or some great sicknesses that you go through. I've seen you encounter those things. uh, But I've seen God's grace be sufficient. uh, And I've seen His love uh, manifest itself in your heart. uh, And you rise up above all of that. uh, And then God uh, seems to put that joy back deep down into your heart. into your soul and that scripture comes to mind that you will have that joy and no man can take it away from us amen Amen. we're going to be sad from time to time this man lost his wife I seen a man that was broken and sad they lost their spouses I seen a woman that was broken and sad but yet if you move away the brokenness You push to the side the sadness. There's still a flicker of joy of our Lord Jesus Christ in our heart. Boy, that right there, that joy is irreplaceable. Amen. Amen. You see, when it comes up this New Year's, uh, there's going to be people that are going to try to find joy in the things of this world. Uh, listen, they're going to go out on New Year's Eve uh, and they're going to party themselves uh, half to death. Yeah. And they think that they'll be on a dance floor somewhere uh, experiencing true joy. But boy, what if they're on the dance floor half drunk and the Lord Jesus Christ decides to split the eastern skies and come get us? Yeah. What's He going to say about those bunch of drunks sitting out there on the on the dance floor? What are they going to think when they leave there and they go home and the babysitter's gone and there's nothing uh, lying in the crib uh, uh, but that baby's diaper, amen? Listen, because that baby's safe in the Lord and and maybe that babysitter was a saved, a saint of God, a Christian, uh, having a personal experience with Jesus Christ uh, and then all of a sudden they go home uh, and there's nothing there and the TV's reporting saying, hey, uh, there's been a lot of fireworks going on tonight but we don't understand why all of these graves have been turned over. Uh, There have been reported being turned over uh, all the way across the world. What in the world is going on? This must be some kind of a terrorist attack. No, it's not a terrorist attack. Uh, Yes, there will be planes that go unmanned. uh, But boy, I'm telling you, there will be total chaos. Uh, You can stay here if you want to. I'm planning on taking the first flight out of here. Amen. Uh, Going to a place called heaven. Hey listen, that's where my Lord wants us to be ultimately when time comes and that city has been completed and been prepared for you and I. Folks, I'm telling you because He has resurrected I will resurrect one day from the dead and it's not through my power but it's through the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that will turn over the gravestones and start coming up out of the ground and if we're here and we're not done gone by the grave. We're just going to lose our gravitational pull. We're going to take off sailing through the air and forever to be with the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Preacher, that's a fairy tale. Yeah, right. They said that Noah was telling a fairy tale too. 
when he's building that ark. And there's nobody but Noah's family on board and those animals. And he tried to get the, the folks onto the boat. Yeah. <laughs> You're crazy, Noah. They've never seen water fall from the sky before. We've never seen water fall from the sky. See, at this time it had never rained. The Bible says the crops were watered from the dews of the ground. And then water had never fallen from the sky. But Noah got that vision from God. Got the plans of the ark. Put it all together. And then all of a sudden he's building it. And everybody's saying, boy, you're stupid. Yeah. We'll see who's stupid when time comes. Huh? That's a good theological word, isn't it? <laughs> the thing is, they wasn't but one way onto Noah's boat, and that was through that one door. And there's wow. only one way to heaven today, and that's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Oh, listen, folks, I'm telling you. Preachers across this world will be mocked all through, all through the coming years yeah. if we get to last that long. And they'll say, we've, we've heard that all of our life. Jesus Christ returning again. We've heard it all of our life, preacher. That's nothing but a fairy tale. You hadn't lived all your life yet. Amen. And folks, if He doesn't come before you reach the grave, there'll be a time where you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says everyone will bow before Him. Yeah. And everyone will profess Him Lord. Every tongue's going to confess and every knee is going to bow. But they don't understand that. This lost world up there after their pleasures of right now. Uh, the pleasures that can uh, take place right now. Uh, I want to feel good right now. I'm not going to give up eternity for right now. What's so special about eternity, preacher? Because one day we have to make a decision of whether you're going to live for God or you're going to live for the world and the devil himself. Which are you going to do? You've got two roads to travel. You can travel the godly way or you can travel the ungodly way. The choice is yours. One way leads to destruction, the Bible says. It leads to a bottomless pit, a pit called hell where the worm dieth not and the flames never quenched. And then the other side uh, leads to a place called heaven where the streets are of gold, where there is no more pain, where there is a perfect body, where everything is perfection. Amen. Torture and torment, everlasting beauty. What decision are you going to make tonight? Hopefully you've already made that decision to go down the right road. For the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Amen. Boy, you look at the prophecies of the times in which we're living. He could come any day. Amen. Any minute. Yeah. Brother Howard, you studied the Bible a long time. You know everything in there is completed except for one thing. And that's the coming of our Lord. Amen. That trumpet's going to blow one day. <laughs> and He's coming back to get us. What you waiting on? Amen. Amen. Is that what you waiting on? You ain't going to need no more pints of blood when you get into heaven. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Listen, it'll be all right if we take off tonight, won't it? If he comes in the next hour and a half and I'm still preaching, somebody else will have to finish this sermon. Amen. Yeah.
Some of y'all squirming already when I said hour and a half. <laughs> Jesus Christ Himself proclaimed it with His marvelous words. But He also proclaimed it by His miraculous works. In Luke 7, when Jesus raised up the only son of the widow woman, He was proclaiming His resurrection. In Mark 5, when Jesus raised up the daughter of Jairus, He was proclaiming His resurrection. When He stood before the tomb of Lazarus and told Lazarus to come forth, and Lazarus came out walking with the grave clothes, He was proclaiming His resurrection. Jesus said to the crowd that happy day, He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He knew from the beginning that He would rise again. He knew on the third day He was coming out. It's proclaimed by the Savior, but it's also performed by the Spirit. Romans 8 and 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Listen to that. This is important. Real close. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. In other words, the same Spirit that raised up the Lord Jesus Christ will be the same one that raises you up. If, 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 if He lives in you. That's That's a condition that He said, if. See, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you're not promised heaven tonight. You just can't pop up and all of a sudden one day uh, uh, you decide that you're going to die and you're going to go to heaven without having a personal experience with Jesus Christ. You can't do that. It's a, a personal experience. And the only way we can gain that experience with Christ at night is that the Holy Spirit draw with thee. Uh, you come to a place to where you ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart and He forgives you of your sins. And then that personal relationship takes place. Amen. You see, the Spirit was, was all around His virgin birth. The Spirit was uh, vital in His ministry. The Bible says that the Spirit anointed Him to preach and the Spirit anointed Him to heal. And the Spirit is all around His victorious resurrection. For the Bible there in the Scriptures that we just quoted stated that it was the Spirit. That Spirit that was inside of Him raised Him up from the dead. It was preached by the saints. It was preached by Peter in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 24, the Bible says, When God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. By Philip in the desert. You know what Philip did when he went by that chariot? That Ethiopian eunuch was in there. And he was trying to decipher the words out of Isaiah 53. How can a man hear without a preacher? How can I interpret this? And Philip came along. The Bible says Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Yeah. I've told preacher boys down through the years the same thing that was told out to me when I started preaching humpteen hundred years ago. (laughs) That humpteen hundred is close to 411. Y'all ever heard that? When I started preaching, Brother Howard, I got calls to go to the 
Methodist Church and the Baptist Church, Independent Southern, the Free Will, got invitations to go to the just about anywhere, the Church of God, and we, and we would go and we would preach. And I, I was confused. I said, Preacher, what in the world am I going to do over there? We don't all believe the same thing. You know, there's kind of some differences there. He said, Son, just preach Jesus. It'll work anywhere. Amen. It'll preach anywhere. Yeah. And that's what I did. And you can just about do that today in this church house tonight. Yeah. Just preach Jesus. It'll work. Amen. It was preached by the saints. It was preached by Philip. It was preached by Peter. It was preached by Paul in Athens. Over in Acts 17, 31, it says, Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men. Most miserable. In other words, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life tonight, you're a miserable person. I'm not miserable, preacher. You don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're. I know what I'm saying. I can take you tonight to a beautiful home in Chesterfield County. A beautiful home. I'm talking about about three levels of home. A four or five car garage and that home starts on this side and goes down the part of that lot and then turns around this side all brick and beautiful and on the back side of it a beautiful swimming pool and deck area and all of that. Men lived there. He was a successful businessman, him and his wife and his family. And he lived his life exactly like he wanted to live it. He was very successful in business and he made millions. This man was laying on the bed of affliction about ready to die of cancer. And I was asked to go by and see this man to see if we could talk to him about the Lord. I went there and I rung the doorbell and some of the family let me in. I said, I'm here to see your father. I'm wanting to talk to him about Jesus. And I went in there and I began to talk to the gentleman. I said, sir, if you've never had an experience with Jesus Christ, if you've never had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to make one right now today. These people are telling me you're going to die. You're not going to live much longer. You're going to be stepping out into eternity without a Savior and hell's going to be your home. That man looked at me and said, Preacher, I appreciate you coming today. He said, I've got cars in my garage. He said, I've got a helicopter that'll stop in here anytime I want to and take me where I need to go. He said, I've got all kind of sports memorabilia. I've got millions in the bank. He said, preacher, but I can tell you two things that I don't have. I said, sir, what is that? He said, number one, I have no joy. And he said, number two, 
I'm going to have to pay people to carry my coffin from the mortuary to the grave because I have no friends. No friends. I said, sir, you have no joy because you've not met my Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. I said, you have no friends because you've been so-called friends of this world. And after they get you for what they want out of you, they wad you up like yesterday's newspaper and they throw you in the trash. I said, but if you'll accept Christ as your Savior today, you'll have some joy. I said, even on your dying deathbed, the Lord Jesus Christ will come in and comfort you and help you in the midst of your affliction. He said, preacher, do you think he'd do that for me? He said, I've been so mean to him because I've always heard about the Lord. But I've never really received him and I've never even had a conversation with him. I said, well, sir, if you feel like the Lord's pulling your heart under conviction, then you can be saved today. Yeah. I had the privilege and the honor of leading that man to Christ right there in his bed. And then when it was done, he said, well, preacher, I do feel like I have some joy in my heart. He said... But you know what? I still don't believe I have no friends. I said, you've got one friend you just received in the day, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, he'll stick closer to you than a brother. He said, but preacher, who's going to carry my body out to the gravesite? I said, I'm sure there'll be five or six, seven, maybe eight men, whatever we want to do. There at the church will be able to come carry your body to the grave. I said, you've just picked up some friends and some Christian brethren that you didn't know you'd ever have. I said, you'd pick that up today. You see, it's important tonight that we have that relationship with a resurrected Savior. Folks, I'm telling you, Obama can't save nobody. I can't save nobody. I mean, for granted, if we was out on the lake somewhere and you was drowning, I might could lend you a hand and pull you in the boat before you go down and save you that way. But I can't save you from a devil's hell tonight. But I know one who can. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. His resurrection was preached by the saints, but His resurrection was promised to the saved. It was a perfect promise. He tells us in John 14 and 19, Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. (laughs) Just because he got up from the grave guarantees me that I have received him, I can get up from the grave. Reckoning days are coming. It's a perfect promise. It's a personal promise. A personal promise from God to His only begotten Son to the people that are saved and blood-bought by the precious blood of Jesus. A personal promise. But boy, it's a precious promise. Amen. It, it, it don't get no more precious than that. 
that a man could come from the portals of glory. God's only begotten Son. John 3.16, if you don't know it, you're learning. For God so loved the world. That means you and me. For God so loved the world. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, Puerto Rican, Mexican. He said, for God so loved the world. That He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, for us that are saved tonight, you're not going to die. Well, preacher, wait a minute. Listen, we're talking about two different kinds of death. This soul's going to live forever with the Lord Jesus. This old body's going to be laid down because it just wears out and it's going to quit one day. And they may put it in the ground. But that soul's going to live forever with the King. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ. We won't miss a beat. For you that got problems with eyesight tonight, going to have a brand new pair. Yeah. For those that walk around on a cane, you ain't going to need a cane. Check it in at the door. You ain't going to need it. Won't need to hold on to one another to get through the parking lot or another blood drop of blood given to your body because the Lord Jesus Christ already paid the ultimate sacrifice. Amen. You see, it's all because He resurrected from the dead. It's not because of me, but it's because of what I was, a lost man, that he resurrected from the dead. You see, God seen it down through the portals of time that we were going to need a Savior. Amen. Could only find one to go. His only begotten Son, Jesus yeah. Christ. He died on that old rugged cross. He was buried for three days. On that third day, he arose from the grave. Amen. That'll conclude our study tonight. Hopefully and prayerfully Sunday night we'll go on to the ascension of Christ where He ascended back up to the Father and where He remains today preparing that city for you and I. Let's stand together for prayer. Boys, you can get us a little something back there for imitation if you would. I know we've already gathered around this altar tonight for prayer, but you may have a need tonight. You may have something special on your heart. You need to come and pray. We want to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're here today. You don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Here is your invitation. Giving you a personal invite from the King. Yeah. Oh boy, listen, I'm telling you. I may be just an old South Carolina boy, but I got royal blood flowing through my veins. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, when Jesus came into my heart, I became part of His family. He adopted me in. Yeah. My past was forgotten forevermore. Amen. And my future is bright in Christ, and so can yours be tonight. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we do thank you for this opportunity to come to you in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the resurrection of your only begotten Son. Lord, if there's one here tonight and need to come and pray, Lord, let them come at this time. One needs to come and be saved, dear God, may they come. Lord, if one's here backslidden on your God and they need to come home, Lord, I pray you'd give them that opportunity. Give them another chance, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us in a special way, whatever the need may be. Meet it around this altar. In Jesus' precious holy name we do pray. Amen. 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 You come if you got a need, all right?
I like this song. Listen to the words. I can tell you I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And I'd be telling you the truth. I could tell you I'm worthless, a hopeless sinner. That's true, but that is just it's part of the story. Oh, if you got a need, you ought to come. This altar's open for you tonight. I was washed. <laughs> Reborn and raised a child of the King. that I got adopted into the family. Could I stand and say such a thing? Fixing to tell you, listen. My father's the king. I'd have to take you to an altar. <laughs> Where it happened January 3 of 93. Jesus came into my life. Dismiss tonight you fellowship with one another, okay? Let that song continue to play. God bless you. You're at liberty to be dismissed. Hope, pray to see you Sunday morning for Sunday school, okay?